Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now we know that the Bible tells us, for as in Adam all die. We know the Bible tells us, behold, I was shapen in iniquity. We know that the Bible tells us, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by and so death passed upon and death by sin. And and so that death passed upon all men. There, I got that one out. We know the Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then it goes on to say, you must what be born again. Bible says, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Not going to happen. That pretty much leaves us sunk unless, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? The sons of God. And in Romans chapter 8, in verse number 14, we see that phrase. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There's the phrase again. In verse number 16, we see we are the children of God. And in verse number 19, which we just read, it says the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, have you received him? If you have, God has given you the power to become the sons of God, except. You, you and I have some of the manifestation. We don't have the full manifestation of being the sons of God. We're going to get an understanding of that because right now we've got some of the benefit. We are adopted. We read about that in verse number 15. But you have received the spirit of adoption. In Ephesians 1, it talks about having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. We live in a world of sin though. We're trapped in a body of flesh. That when we got saved. Our flesh didn't get saved. And there's going to come a day. When you and I will be. Experiencing. The full reward. The full redemption. Because our body will then be redeemed. And that is what it means. When it says in verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. If you go to 1 John, let's go there. 1 John 3. Watch what it says in 1 John 3, verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Praise the Lord. And here's the phrase again. That we should be called, what? The sons of God. 
Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. That means right now. If you have trusted Christ as your savior, right now you can lay claim that you are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. We don't have a full manifestation of what our redeemed body is going to be. It's a shall be type of thing. Now, you're either going to die or you're going to be raptured. And if you're raptured, those that died are going to rise first. And when that happens, you're going to receive a glorified body. It's going to be redeemed. It's not going to be vile like it is now. That is going to happen. And when that happens, believers will have the full manifestation of their salvation. Yes, your soul's taken care of. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. But your body has yet to be taken care of. And this is what we are understanding this morning. Your vile body is going to be changed. It's going to be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That happens when Christ comes for his saints. When he comes with his saints back to the earth at his second coming. The creation now will see and experience the full manifestation of you and of me as the sons of God. But right now it doesn't. Christ is going to come with us. He's going to set up his millennial kingdom. And it says in verse number 19 in Romans 8. The creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, if you want to talk about glory being revealed in us, that previous verse right at the end, that's it. That's it. Not only a saved soul, but a glorious body likened unto Christ. Right now, we have a saved soul within a wicked world. Our bodies, we need to keep that, like we learned about this morning in Sunday school, in subjection. Romans 8, look at verse 20. Watch this. For the creature was made subject to vanity. Now, creation was originally good. Bible says God saw that it was very good. We understand that. But it was subject to vanity after man had sinned. Where do you go to learn about vanity? Ecclesiastes, right? We know that is the, that's the book to go to. 33 times vanity is mentioned in the book of Ecclesiastes. 29 times the phrase under the sun is mentioned. Everything in this created world, guess what it is? Vanity. I'm not trying to make anybody 
get depressed this morning. So I don't I want you to receive this in a right way. I'm not trying to be negative just for the sake of being negative. I'm, I'm, this is being negative as the new positive. You're not that important and I'm not that important. I don't, I want to be with the Lord. I don't want to be with the Lord today. Okay. I know when I die, I'm going to go home and be with the Lord. I know that. It's just, are you like me? You kind of don't want it. You want to do some stuff down here, right? If I were to die today, there'll be some tears. There'll be some crying. There'll be a funeral service. There'll be a memorial service. My family will be sad. You will be sad. But a week later, a month later, or six months later, or a year later, there'll be another preacher that will step up here, and God's church will go on. And we live like this world cares about us, and it doesn't. You've got one person to live for, the Lord Jesus Christ, because when you die, you're going to be with him forever, and he's going to care about you forever. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. So why not live with the eternity in mind that we're promised? The job's going to forget about you. Neighbors are going to forget about you. Somebody's going to buy your house and sail in your boat. And use your used fishing poles. And you can stock all the guns and ammo that you want, but I got news for you. It's going to the pawn shop when you die. Look, I got some friends. I got some friends that would count it an honor to just die in a pile of brass. That's admirable. But after you die, that's it. You get to be with someone who cares for you and will never stop caring. Why not live for him instead of all the vanity that's under the sun? Creation is not in its original state. We know that. But also, Romans 8 is teaching us it's not in its final state either. Romans 8 is telling us our creation is under a provision of hope. And in Genesis 3, when man fell, creation fell as well. God cursed the ground. God said in that same chapter, you'll return unto the ground for dust thou art and dust thou shalt return. Cursed man, cursed ground, that sinful man goes into the ground that's cursed and returns to dust. But Romans 8, creation is pictured as looking forward to a hope. When man is delivered from the curse, so will creation be delivered from the curse. Let's move on in verse number 21. Watch what it says, Romans 8, 21. It says, because the creature itself also, see that, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Right now, we are new creatures in Christ. But as new creatures, we didn't get a new body. It's the same one. That's why we got to brush our teeth, we got to comb our hair, we got to shower, we got to 
we've got to clip our nails, we've got to exercise, we've got to eat right, we've got to take the pills, we've got to take the vitamins, we've got to put on the lotion, we've got to do all that stuff to keep our vile, decaying body in functioning shape. Because if your body got saved, guess what? We wouldn't have to do any of that. There's going to come a day when you won't have to, and I won't have to do any of that. Praise the Lord. So creation is sharing. Go to Isaiah 11. Creation is sharing with us the bondage of corruption. And we'll see a really good picture of this truth from the prophet Isaiah. So let's get Isaiah chapter number 11, and that'll be our next spot. Isaiah chapter 11. Look at verse number one. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, nor neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and the faithfulness the girdle of his reins. That's the absolute certainty of Christ's second coming to set up his millennial kingdom. We believe in a future, literal, physical, earthly millennial kingdom. That means 1,000 year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is going to happen. And the prophet Isaiah gives us that truth in the first five verses of chapter 11. Now, watch verse 6, though. The wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. Try that now. Not happening. Two nights ago, was it two nights ago? We heard the loudest coyote howl. Is that what they call it? Is it howling or screaming? The loudest coyote howl that we have ever heard in our entire life at 1.30 in the morning. We've heard it before. We, we know that they're out there because we've heard the howls and we know it's out in the woods somewhere. But this one, it was like it was right. They were right in our bedroom. Woke us up. So I go to the safe, I get out the rifle, I head out to the front, uh, the front porch, and it was like they were right under my feet. Guess what we got in the pasture? Fresh, one week, two week old, little baby lambs. And they're fired, these coyotes are fired. At this point, Josiah had gotten up, he had gotten a flashlight and we were shining it on the woods. He was shining it on the woods and I had the rifle ready and he finally spotted a pair of eyes. 
boom, fire a shot, boom, fire a shot. And didn't hit him, but gone, gone. I stayed out there with the flashlight. I'm looking on the back pasture. And I see what I think is coyote there, coyote there, coyote there, coyote there. I went and got Josiah because he had gone back up to his room. I said, get the keys. We're taking the truck up to the fence line. What is it, Dad? Here, look. He shines the light. He said, Dad, there's coyotes all along the fence line. We get in the truck. He drives the truck up. I have the window down with the rifle out. We get up there. We drive up our driveway. And we come to where that fence line is where we think we got a pack of coyotes all the way. And what it was is right beyond our fence, we had T-posts. There were T-posts. And that little reflective paint, that's what it was. So here. It's not going to be like that in the millennial kingdom. It's just like that now. And as fun and as exciting as that is for a 12-year-old boy to go through at 1.30 in the morning, when you're 50, it ain't that exciting. <laughs> just saying. But look, that's verse 6. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf of the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. That means a child can go out and just kind of lead those coyotes wherever he or she wants. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the cockatrice's den. Try that now. You can't do that. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is a contract. We have the earth now. This is a millennial kingdom passage that contrasts the earth then. And that is what the creature, that is what the creation is longing for. Our creation is in a provision of hope right now. Now, I want you to think about the ark. Did Noah go and get the animals or did God send him the animals? God sent the animals to him. Thou shalt come unto thee. And Kelly spoke on this this morning. I had to write my notes. I was showing my wife as he was teaching about it. It's not just two. You had two of the unclean that were brought, but you had seven of the clean. Clean animals, unclean animals. Now, that's the biblical account. You had seven of the clean animals, two of the unclean. And people say, well, I just want to trust the science. What do you mean you're going to trust the science? But, okay. Do you believe that the Bible, the biblical creation account is true? You believe that Noah's flood is true? Okay. The, the earth was flooded because of wickedness and, and sin abounding, right? So God sends the animals to the ark and they don't kill each other. How do you scientifically prove that? You can't. You either have to believe God's word or not. How many of you have been to the Creation Museum? You've been to the Creation Museum? Okay. It's all speculation. Whether you believe they had cages in the ark or not is irrelevant. 
Well, they had to have cages so that the animals wouldn't kill each other. You're telling me that when they came and went up into the ark and God sent them, they didn't have an opportunity to kill each other then? I don't know if they had cages or didn't have cages. To me, it's an irrelevant point because God sent those animals. And as he's sending those animals and they're going into the ark, don't they have an opportunity to rip each other apart? I'm telling you, God can miraculously change the behavior of an animal like that. What you had in Noah's ark is what will come to a full manifestation in the millennial kingdom. Do you think God sent all those animals pre-caged? <laughs> no. He sent those animals. And they didn't devour each other. That is the miraculous power of God. Well, I know some of you might want to know if they really had cages or didn't have cages in the ark. The Bible doesn't tell us. So it doesn't matter whether they did or didn't. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't think they did. I think. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right. I think that God changed the animals miraculously. And it's a picture of what is going to happen in the millennial kingdom. Because you're going to be able to lead a coyote. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Go back to Romans 8. 22. Romans 8, 22. The Bible says in the 22nd verse of Romans 8, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Now, travail is a pain that looks toward birth. People say, well, it's an archaic word. I don't understand it, so we need to change it. Don't need to change it. If you were to go through and read the context of the Bible, reading it, the context gives you what the definition is. In Genesis, three times the word is used, and it's in reference to words that use to words of labor, womb, and midwife. The context gives you a definition. In Psalms 48, pain as of a woman in travail. Isaiah 13, pain as a woman that travaileth. Uh, it says, cry like a travailing woman. It says, travail with child. In Jeremiah, it contains eight references, the same type of idea. It's a pain in that context because it defined it. Looking forward to a birth. The creation wasn't what it was. What is it now? In a provision of hope that it will be something better and there will be a full manifestation. Right now, we have a hope to look forward to. And the creation is sharing in that hope. Because I tell you, the ram don't want to get slaughtered for dinner. The chicken doesn't want to get slaughtered for lunch. See, at the end, in pain together until now, at Christ's second coming, you are going to have a different relationship because your body is going to have a full manifestation of what it ought to be. And the animals in the creation are going to have the same. It's going to happen. 
together. Everything in this world is rotting and dying. Logs will rot. Right now, we have three piles of logs that we're just backed up on. We've got to get them cut and split because if we just sit them out there any longer, it's just going, they're going to rot. This, this lie of evolution that says things are progressing, just look around. It's not true. This world is dying. Fruit trees will be diseased. Brother Kelly spoke about that this morning. He's hoping his apple trees are going to come through. Army worms, hopefully they won't destroy our grass this year. That's not going to happen in the millennial kingdom. Political conflict won't be an issue. Nation against nation, it's not going to be an issue. But right now, count on your fruit tree dying. Count on your grass getting burned up by army worms, eaten up. Count on political conflict. Don't think that the next election is going to be the solution. Don't think this relationship with this nation is. No, it, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. And it's not going to change until Christ says, I'm coming back. And then the relationship changes. Look at verse 23, Romans 8, 23, last verse this morning. And it says, and not only they, but ourselves also, it's equal here, which have the first fruits of the spirit. Okay, so that first fruits of the spirit is you received when you got saved the spirit of adoption. Jesus Christ is the first fruits. So when you get saved, you identify with Jesus Christ. That's the first fruits that's being talked about of the spirit. You are going to have, and I am going to have the full fruits at Christ's second coming when we come with him. We'll see the full fruit of it. Our bodies being redeemed at, at, at the catching away of the saints. We are called up. Right now, you and I have a spiritual resurrection. We are waiting for a physical bodily resurrection. Understand that? Right now, we have a spiritual adoption. We're waiting for a future physical bodily adoption. Right now, we have a heavenly redemption, but we don't have an earthly redemption. There will be a full manifestation of that to come. And we long for the redemption of what? If you're a believer, not your soul, it's redeemed. Your body. That's the law. Why? Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That, mean, that verse means a physical change must occur. Because you've got something with flesh and blood that's corrupt and it's not going to inherit. Fleshly, that connection with the earth, I think you already see that. Go to uh, one more verse, Philippians 3. I think we've got time for one more. The Golden Corral will still be open. They're expensive. Wait, go on the weekdays on the lunch special or something. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, verse number 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. 
you have you don't have two second comings. You have one second coming. You don't have two second comings. You have two parts to Christ's coming. And one of them is when Christ comes for his saints. We are caught up. We meet the Lord in the air. And then we go and we're with the Father in glory. There's a meeting in the air and then glory. Followed by seven years of, which is called the time of Jacob's trouble. At the end of that, now Christ isn't coming for his saints. He already called away his saints. He already came for his saints. We're with him in glory. So he's not coming for his saints at the end of the seven years. Now he is coming with his saints. That's the two aspects to his coming. He's coming for and then he will come with. He comes for them, meets in the air, goes to glory. And then he comes with, and that's when his feet come down and touch the earth, Mount Olives. And that is his second coming. When he comes with his saints. Now, when he comes for his saints, when we get raptured and caught up, we will get a glorified body. Because we can't go and be with God the Father because flesh and blood is corrupt. It cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Bodies go on the ground when we die and they decay, just like we read in Genesis. Just back to dust. God's going to give you a redemptive body. Dead in Christ shall rise first and all that. So, we understand all that? Let's wrap up the thought and then we'll close out. Once you go back to Romans 8, and I want to close out with one last thought. <clears throat> when you see in verse number 23, look at the middle of the verse. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. That is our hope. And believers groan because of the spiritual warfare that you are in, that we are in. And that pressure is not going to go away. It will always be there. So that means that there's pressure to be vigilant about the things of God. Because if you and I are not vigilant, the world, the flesh, and the devil, will they will stay vigilant. You and I have to make that decision to stay vigilant. Paul, he's waiting for the redemption of his body, and he's and yet he rarely talks about his physical body. Two times I can find in the Bible he mentions it. Once he says, bodily exercise profiteth little. I mean, that's not really too encouraging for the people that are exercising, you know, eight hours a day. You do it a lot, and God says it's only going to profit a little. Now, I'm not going to stop exercising, and I'm not asking you to stop exercising. What I'm asking you to do is to put that in the compartment that God and Paul put it in. Get a little bit of profit. But the other time he mentions 
the body is about his thorn in the flesh. And he doesn't dwell on it. He asks God. God doesn't take it away. And it's there. And he lives with it. And I think too many of us get preoccupied with the thorns in our flesh. As if the goal of the Christian life is to have God take it away. No. You have a hope. You're going to have a redeemed body. You're going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Stop being preoccupied with having all of your thorns removed. Maybe it needs to stay there to increase your humility and my humility. If you were, as a child, I got made fun of a lot. If you're a child and you've ever been teased or made fun of, it hurts. And when kids get teased or made fun of about something on their body or something about them, they tend to go to God and say, well, can't you change it? No, it's going to stay. That's how God made you. That's what your body is. That's it. Don't ask God to take it away. Or if you do and he doesn't, be like Paul. Live with it. Why? Because your hope is in something else that's so much better. Keeping that thorn in the flesh puts you in a position where you've got to work on humility. And that makes you and I better to do things that have eternal value. Most Christians, they're not willing to groan for the right thing. Don't long for death. That's not your hope. Just get me out of this body. No, the longing is I'm going to get a glorified body. Don't long to have the thorn in the flesh removed or don't long to have the, well, Lord, can you just remove all, can you eradicate all sin from my body? Well, no, he's not going to do that. That's not your hope. Your hope is you're going to be absent from the body, present with the Lord, and your hope is you're going to get, the vile body's going to be gone. You're going to get a glorious body. Instead, say, Lord, I can't wait for the day when my body is going to be fashioned and made like unto you. That's our hope. The redemption of our body is our hope. Let's not get bogged down in things that aren't going to last. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. Eternal value is what we're looking for. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.